What's up, baddies? And welcome to yet another episode of the Good Energy Series. This is lucky episode number seven, which means we have some great things in store for you. I'm realizing I have five tips. No, I feel like I need to have seven tips, but that's just kind of my OCD tendencies speaking, and maybe we won't listen to them. But we'll see. If a couple more come up, I might just add them in. But today's episode is the five things we want to get rid of. I'm your host, Rima, and today we're going to talk about good riddance. And this is literally things I want you to say bye to like yesterday. It's things that I have said bye to as of very recently. So these are very fresh for me. And some of them are things I'm still kind of in the process of getting rid of. And I'm excited. It's like, let's think of this as like spiritual spring cleaning. So without further ado, we're going to start with number one. Number one, I want you to get rid of any fixed mindsets that you have. I know this is a buzzword. We throw this word around a lot. I actually learned this word when I was a teacher because we talked a lot about instilling a growth mindset in our students as opposed to a fixed mindset. For example, a fixed mindset is I suck at math. A growth mindset is math is challenging and therefore I'm excited about the challenge. I I just added that last part on, but it's okay to say something is difficult or at least more challenging for you, but to just accept that you suck at something or accept that you are just not built like that or this is just not meant for me or I'm just not meant to have love, that is what you would call a fixed mindset. And what it means is you're literally fixed. There's no room for change. You're kind of you're tapping out, you're, you're giving up, you're not giving yourself any room to have a different reality. And I really, 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 really want you to get rid of this way of thinking because it's just not helpful. It's not helpful. And once you kind of develop that muscle of having a fixed mindset in one area of your life, you will start to cop out of things as soon as they get a little bit more challenging for you. It is okay to fail. A lot of times fixed mindsets are there because they try to protect us from failing at something in our life. It's a lot better for me to just say, or it can feel a lot better for me to say that I suck at math and just accept that I'm getting bad grades instead of taking some ownership and responsibility and saying math is challenging because what that latter mindset would require is that I actually step up to the plate and work hard. And sometimes we're afraid that we're going to put this energy and time and we're still going to fail. And what is that going to mean about us? It's a lot scarier to take ownership when you know that it was just a challenge that you failed at versus just saying, like, I'm just set in my ways. I suck at math. I'm never going to be good at it. It's kind of it feels a little good to our ego to just cop out. But there's a lot of obvious implications and unwanted ramifications of that. This is the thing that leads to you feeling stuck in life. There are so many things that you probably want that are just on the other side of that fixed mindset and if you were to and if you were to just shift that mindset from believing something is unchangeable to believing that with some hard work or with a tutor, which is what I needed for my GMAT, I hired a tutor and I had someone help me get better at something that I didn't feel that I was as strong in at the time, and I was able to get into a top 10, top 10 business school and improve my math score on my GMAT tremendously because I decided to have a growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. The last thing I'll say here is a lot of our fixed mindsets come from other people telling us about ourselves. This is especially real, I believe, and this is just my assumption, if you are 
part of an immigrant community or like me, an Arab woman, a lot of times people tell us about ourselves and our identities kind of get formed from what people say to us. And there's not this separation between this person thinks I'm this and I actually believe otherwise. I believe this. And at the end of the day, what you believe is what is going to matter the most. So it's really important that you're not just absorbing the things that other people say to you. If somebody tells you that you are not a morning person and you want to be a morning person, don't just let somebody tell you about yourself. Don't just let someone tell you about yourself. It's okay to take people's feedback. I'm 100% all in line with taking people's feedback and being accountable, but do not let people fix you and freeze you in time into a person that they see you need to always bring things back to yourself and decide, do I want to believe this to be true about myself? And if the answer is no, then you know what to do. And even if the answer is yes, it doesn't mean it always has to be true about you. So we're getting rid of fixed mindsets. Number two, stop depending on anybody for your success. Honestly, people would be so maybe surprised to hear this, or at least people who've known me for a while. I've always come across as very independent, and I am. I'm very independent. When I was single, I was just, I loved my alone time. I loved doing my own thing. I loved having my own interests. I didn't need friends to be around for me to have fun. I could have fun in my own space. When I went to the gym, I liked working out alone. I didn't really like talking to people while I was working out. I definitely didn't like doing workouts with people. And I say that example because when I got married, I kind of became emotionally dependent a little bit more than I would have liked to. Now, I think it's great to, I think it's like a blessing to have someone that you feel you trust enough to be emotionally dependent on. And that's literally like the most important thing for me in a romantic relationship. So I'm very grateful that I have that. But it got to the point where I'm like, girl, why are you acting like you don't know how to get up and walk outside and go to the gym by yourself? Like, Ahmed and I do so many things together. We're literally always together all day, every day. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of times where he takes a trip or I have to travel for work and we're completely fine. Like we know how to be alone. We got together. I was in my late 20s. He was in his early 30s. Like we'd lived a whole life without each other, but we just prefer to be together so much that it was kind of hard to do things without him. So I had to look up and be like, what are you doing? Like get up, book your workout, go without him go without him. So literally this whole month, he doesn't like to go to Orange Theory, which is where we work out during Ramadan. He prefers to maybe go downstairs and get his own little workout in um, with the weights. I don't really like doing that. I prefer to just do what I was doing. But before, we would always walk to Orange Theory together. We would always book our classes together. It's a 15-minute walk away from here. And something about having to do that mentally by myself, something felt like I know it's literally less than a mile away, but it felt like miles and miles and miles away just because I had kind of developed this emotional dependency on having someone do that with me. So I had to kind of tap into who I was before and be like, you used to do all of this stuff by yourself. You were the girl for years that would like drive to the gym after work, go work out then go study for your GMAT in the gym cafe every single day like clockwork you didn't need anyone to wake you up you didn't need anyone to push you you didn't need anyone to motivate you you need to be that girl again and everything has changed since I decided like I need to unlink myself from him when it comes to my habits we are also on two very different paths I want to lose weight I have a lot of goals when it comes to 
my health and my fitness. And Ahmed is low key just like maintaining because he's in really good shape. He's he's never really had like ups and downs when it comes to his body image and when it comes to his fitness. So when he's ordering pizzas a couple times a week, I need to unlink myself from him. It does not make sense for me to just go with his flow. I need to create my own flow and create my own energy. And so I need to be independent. Like I need to act independently in the areas where our goals are not aligned. And I need you to do that for yourself too. If there are people that you feel dependent on and you're kind of going along for the ride, but you're not liking where you're ending up, you need to get out of that car, get in the driver's seat of your own car and take your own ride somewhere else where you want to go. And I know that sometimes that can seem very challenging depending on your circumstance. Like my example is literally a marriage. Like we're literally always together. But a lot of times that hurdle is a lot more mental than it is logistical. So I want you to think of the areas where you are mentally and emotionally dependent on someone else for your success, your happiness, your fulfillment. And I need you to unlink yourself from that person because you truly do not need anyone else for you to be fulfilled. Do you, Is it great to have other people? 100%. But you need to be fulfilled and happy with yourself before you can have someone else bask and celebrate in that with you. Number three, the victim mentality. This is another one that I'm kind of surprised that I'm working through because I never identified with it. There were areas of my life that I could have played victim that I never did. So I think I just assumed that I just don't play victim in general But then I started doing some reflecting and realizing, no, but there are other, there are certain areas of your life. Well, you might not have played victim with those things that happened, but with these things, you really are like, you think that like, you think that there's this sad story of why you can't do what you want to do. And I think a really good telltale to know, or I don't even know what I just said, telltale, a really good way to know if you are playing victim is to ask yourself a simple question. Do you feel like this thing is in your hands? Do you feel like you are able to create your reality? Or do you feel like you can change your life in a specific area? And if you don't feel that way, chances are you are giving your power to someone or something else. And you think you are the victim of that thing because that thing isn't doing what you want it to do. It is a cop-out. It's kind of like a fixed mindset where... It feels so much better to blame someone or something else when things aren't working out. So in order to set ourselves up to be able to blame something when things don't work out, we need to believe that that thing is actually in control. I'll give you a personal example for me. I realized I was playing victim when it came to my weight loss journey. I've posted a few videos about this. You can rewatch those and just, you know, here I've been on a long journey. Let's just put it that way. I've been having a, a lot of back and forth when it came specifically to body image. And I realized recently that I keep yo-yoing and going back and forth because I truly don't feel like it's in my control. And I do feel like I'm a victim. And I was talking to Ahmed about it earlier and he was like, okay, well, if you think you're giving your power away, who do you think you're giving it away to? And I thought about it and I'm like, honestly, I think I'm giving my power away to my body. Like, I think my body's in control of me. So what will happen is I will do everything quote unquote right. 
I will follow, you know, the healthy eating plan. I will work out five times a week. And if I still don't like what I'm seeing in the mirror or if my results aren't coming as quickly as I want, instead of taking responsibility and being like, homegirl, it's been two weeks, chill the hell out, or even homegirl, you might not be able to see your change because you're not taking progress pictures every day, but you might be looking closer to where you want to look, but you're just, you know, having a negative body image in your head. Instead of taking responsibility, I will literally start to think that everything is conspiring against me. My body just doesn't work the way other people's bodies work. I know this other people respond to being in a caloric deficit or other people respond to working out, but my body's just different. It doesn't. And so I will start to victimize and be like, poor me. Like, when is this ever going to change for me? And that's like a really disgusting quality, like not to be self-loathing or judgmental, truly. Like, I'm not judging myself. I know why I do it now and I get it, but it's just not a cute quality it's not something I truly identify with. So once I realized that, I'm like, oh, that's not me. Like, I'm not the one playing the violin and crying about my circumstance. So why do I think that? And it, I realized that I think that because I've had so much trial and error when it came to my quote unquote body goals that I'm trying to protect myself from failing again and being mad at myself. So if I blame it on my body, or if I blame it on this plan that someone gave me that didn't work, or if I blame it on even Ahmed ordering food all the time, like if I blame it on something else, I won't hate myself. I will be upset or frustrated with those things. And it's just interesting how even something like the victim mentality is ultimately trying to protect us from ourselves. So now I'm in a position to be like, okay, cool. I take full responsibility. I know that my actions dictate my reality or even my thoughts dictate my actions which dictate my reality no one else is to blame i am not a victim of anybody i'm not a victim of anyone i get to live this life i get to go to the gym i get to be healthy and invest in myself and don't get it twisted it is nothing but a privilege and it is nothing but a challenge that i'm excited to take on and now that i'm looking at things through that lens i truly feel myself becoming a different person and i just feel great about it and i really want you to adopt that and just leave behind this victim mentality about anything anything that you're struggling with you are not a victim you're not number four leave behind playing small Playing small is like this little circle that falls under this larger category of people-pleasing. One of the ways that we people-please is by shrinking ourselves, literally like not trying to stand out, not trying to say something that, would, that you perceive would make someone think that you're great, right? You don't want people to know you're great. You're trying to lay low. You're trying to be incognito because you are scared that that is going to offend other people. You are scared that that's going to make them not like you. I want to call you out really quickly because if you do this, it's low-key kind of arrogant. It's literally the opposite. of Like you think you're being humble, but you're actually being kind of arrogant because you're assuming that you telling someone you went to Harvard or you're assuming that you telling someone that you work out five times a week is going to intimidate them. That's kind of that's kind of like that's kind of arrogant. And I'm not saying it in a judgmental way. I had to call myself out about this. Why are you assuming that your greatness is going to make someone else insecure? I had a moment like this 
Listen, it might make them insecure. I'm not telling you it's not. I'm just saying that the assumption is low-key arrogant. If it does make them insecure, that's a them problem. So that's the part I want to focus on right now. I had a moment about a year ago that made me realize that I'd been doing this pretty much my whole life. I come from a family that, like my immediate family is very humble. We're very humble people. And I think a lot of other people in my extended family, I don't want to say they're not humble. I just think they're more invested in being perceived as humble which are two very different things and so as someone raised within this family i always felt like in order to show that i'm humble i need to play small so i started falling under that second category of i'm not actually humble i'm just trying to pretend i'm humble like what's happening and i am humble like i am but i was more so invested in proving that i'm humble anyway we went out to eat one time with this girl, another Arab girl, just met her. And all of us were going around the table saying what we did in life. And I don't know why, like, I don't know what happened to me, but I just completely downplayed myself. Like, I didn't say that I have my own business. I didn't say that I started a podcast before this one back in Zeroborn for Arabs. Like, I didn't talk about the way that I was able to, like, shift culture in my community. And the reason that's relevant is because she she did similar work. She's not from Michigan. She's from a different state. And she does similar work. So it would have been relevant for me to be like, oh, I started the Dearborn Girl podcast, and this is what we did, and connect off of that. But I think that I my arrogance made me believe that that would intimidate her. And so I didn't say that, right? I just minimized. Like, I don't even remember what I said. It was so dumb. It was like, oh, I, I just I work in marketing girl, you work for Gary V. Like you don't work in marketing. That's not, that's even that, even working for Gary V. That's not who you are. You do a lot of lit things that could be food for thought and conversation. Like, why are you downplaying yourself? And then for the one hour sit down that we all had, homegirl proceeded to just give me advice on my career. I just don't like unsolicited advice from anybody. Like, I don't give unsolicited advice. If you clicked on this video, it's solicited because you're, like, clicking on this to get advice from me. But you'll never have me just drop in your DMs or call you or even sit with you if you're my family and just be like, sit down, like, I need to give you advice. I just don't think that's a respectful way to approach somebody. So I damn sure would never do that with somebody that I had just met. But... For some reason, probably because I played small, she felt like it was her job to mentor me. And it was the most uncomfortable, uncomfortable interaction ever, especially because I also, I don't like making people feel uncomfortable. So I didn't cut her off at any point. And it was just a, a grueling, uncomfortable setting where she was mentoring me about something I had already accomplished, like talking about building community for Arabs and whatever. Like, I'm sure there's so much I had to learn from her, but it just closed me off to even wanting to connect with her because I felt like, number one, I was really mad at myself for playing small. Number two, I just felt like it came from a kind of condescending like place that I didn't ask for. And I'm telling you this story because, not to say I asked for that, I think that was like her own thing going on, but I didn't make it better. And it really led to this profound insight for me that, okay, sit down with yourself. You can't control her. She's not your responsibility. You guys aren't even really friends. What is it that you can do better next time? Okay, what I can do better is not freaking play small. Like, don't minimize who you are. I'm not saying don't. And I think we think that the opposite of that is to boast. Saying that I started a platform that shifted community in Dearborn or saying that I started a platform 
like a, a popular podcast in Dearborn that I co-founded that, that's not boasting. That's just literally fact. Like that is a line. And that is something that like I should be able to say because it's true. I think we assume that people are going to think that we are being like arrogant or not humble or showing off. But I want you to know that number one, playing small does not inspire anybody. And number two, when you say something like that you could inspire people you could actually like start a, a more meaningful like have a more meaningful connection with somebody and then last but not least and perhaps most importantly if you say something and someone is intimidated by your success or your greatness it's quite literally not your problem it is quite literally the opposite of your problem it is their problem it's their own work that they need to do when they go home they need to think about that their discomfort is not something you need to take on and do something about. And that's why I say that playing small falls under this category of people pleasing, because we believe it's not only our responsibility to not like not be great because we don't want to make them uncomfortable. We also believe that if we do anything or say something that makes people uncomfortable, it is literally our responsibility or job to take that and try to make them feel better. It never works. It does not make them feel better. It just makes things worse. And it's not your job. So stop freaking doing that. It's not helping anybody. Number five, last but not least, is internalizing the belief that things are hard. I want to give you a different word to use from now on. You can say things are challenging. I don't know. For me, I was an English major. There's just some words, they seem similar, but there's just so much difference between them hard kind of sounds fixed like a rock it's this huge rock that you can't really push out of your way challenging at least to me sounds like an obstacle course like it kind of sounds fun it's like okay yeah i'm not down i'm not like gaslighting myself i'm not believing that this is easy i mean if you want to do that i'm not against that either because why not but if you want to actually reflect the reality of a situation and you say okay Lifting this amount of weight will be challenging. It opens the door for you to think of how you can still accomplish it. When you say that it's hard, it just is kind of like this black and white, like I either can or I cannot do it. It kind of reminds me of fixed mindset. But when you say that something is challenging, it just kind of tempts you a little. You're like, oh, okay, but I want to try it. And Ahmed called me out on this, actually. I love when Ahmed calls me out on stuff that I usually call people out on. I was saying, like, oh, my God, like, I don't want to have kids anytime soon. Like, we're not ready. And we're just not ready. Like, we travel literally every month. We're not emotionally really ready yet. Like, it's just my cousin Dina has three little kids. We watch them. I call them our birth control because I'm like, yeah, no, 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 not ready. But I know I will be ready when I'm soon. Like, I know I will be. I can't talk. I'm stumbling over my words because I know I'll never be fully ready, but I know that I will be readier than I am now. Anyway, I was saying something to the effect of like, it's going to be so hard, or I bet pregnancy is going to be so hard, or it's going to be so hard to stay in shape while I'm pregnant, which is something I really want to do. And Ahmed just called me out, which I know a lot of women would be like, he's mansplaining, how would he know? But like, no, I fully appreciated it. He's like, if you say that, then it will be hard. Don't tell yourself that. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. And a lot of you listening, if you are already a parent or a mother, I know that that might feel insensitive, especially because I literally have no experience. 
I want to emphasize that it's less about the truth of whether it ends up being hard or not, and it's more about the belief that you put in your head from the outset. Why should I tell myself something is going to be hard? Why can't I just say that there will be challenges, it will be different, I will need to prepare for this thing, but why would I just shut myself off of an opportunity to experience something in the way that I want to experience it? Now, you might think that that's like ignorant of me and only time will tell. I just know that anytime something else has been perceived as hard by other people, I've decided to take the approach of saying it is challenging and that just opens up so much creativity on how to make that thing work for me and how to just feel proud of myself and true to myself throughout that process. So I want you to think of an area of your life where you think something is really, really, really hard. Like you think it's just hard. It's so hard for you. I said the example in the last episode of me giving up coffee that maybe a few months ago would have felt like something that was hard. Like, no, 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 can't do it. But Ahmed challenged me to it. It was March 31st. He's like, how about you just, how about you try not to have coffee? And something about like being able to start on April 1st just spoke to the perfectionist in me. But it felt like a challenge. Like I was being challenged. So I'm like, okay, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. And it was so, so, so gratifying. And it's been so gratifying because something that previously felt hard, instead of just shutting it down and not trying, I was able to look at it as a challenge. I was able to take on the challenge and ultimately be successful in that challenge. And that is amazing. Like the easiest and quickest way to build that self-trust and that pride in yourself is to start embracing challenges and to stop letting things just be marked down in your head as hard and therefore impossible or too difficult to try. Let me know which one of these you are in the process of getting rid of. Let me know if there are other things that you are saying goodbye to and getting rid of in this season of spiritual spring cleaning. All right, baddies, I love you so much, and I will see you on the next one.